time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. This is the final episode of Our Rules for Living. We are now on rule number 10. Last week, I talked about doing your part and waiting for the moment. This week, I want to talk more about that time element that we talked about, how we live each day as the day. This is really about how we respect time and recognize our own mortality. Now, I'm not here to talk about the fact that there's something uh, horrible that's going to happen to you as much as to say something will happen to each of us. There's one truth in life, and that is that we are not going to get out of here alive. We are all going to face that thing. We're all going to face our end. We're all going to face that question of, am I living the way I want to be living in the time I have to do it? Some years ago, I had a client in my office who would always tease me as he was walking out the door. He was a a fairly high-powered attorney. He would say, well, i got to go. Time is money. And I kept saying, time is not money. It's not money. And he, every week, he would do the same thing just, just to kind of get a rise from me. And then one day, he came in, and he told me that he had been to the doctor and had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he looked at me, and he said, you know what? You're right. Time isn't money. I've been trading my time all these years, and now I realize it's not about the money at all. That phrase always haunts me when I hear it from people because time is absolutely not money. Time is limited. It only lasts as long as we're spending it and then suddenly it's gone. And we all have a certain amount of time. We just don't know how long that's going to be. Time is absolutely not money because money, you can always go back and make more, right? You can always start over. I've had many people come to my office who have lost a fortune and made a fortune and lost a fortune and made a fortune to know that time and money are completely unconnected in reality. Sure, you might be paid for your hour of time. The danger is when you believe that therefore there's a value on that time, Time is the priceless commodity that we all have, and we're spending it as we go. We don't know how quickly we're spending it, but we all know we're spending it as it goes. We just lose track of that. So when we equate time with money, we equate something that is a fluid dynamic in our life, money, with something that is a, a, a very uh, precious commodity that we can easily trade away. In fact, we often trade our time away. Have you ever noticed that you know, time has passed and you haven't made any progress on maybe your big goals in life or maybe you haven't spent that time the way you wanted to? Have you, maybe you've spent some time and suddenly you go, wow, where did that afternoon go? I lost it in you know, a video game or, or some other pursuit that didn't give you anything. I remember one time having a conversation with a friend who had gotten into recovery, realized that alcohol had taken over his life and he needed to get away from uh, the, the effects of that. And so much so that he realized that he had given away lots of his life for nothing that he remembered. He said, you know, it's like I was sitting there and I was, I was trading out these hours and hours of my time in the evenings, not even remembering what had happened, just kind of giving it away and wasting it. Now, we all get to choose how we're going to spend our time. 
isn't that an interesting phrase that we're we're actually in some ways choosing all the time how we're we're giving away that time, spending it on on something, and we have to decide: are we spending it on something that's valuable? Or worthless, something that makes sense to us or something that doesn't make sense, but we don't account for it. And that's the problem. Accounting for our time is very difficult. There are going to be times in our life when we're going to spend our time in certain ways. Last week, I went to a couple of movies and they were great movies. I didn't leave feeling like I had wasted my time. I'd gotten something out of it. Now, I hadn't created anything great for the world. I hadn't changed the world. I hadn't changed anybody's life. But I had gone and enjoyed that movie. So let me first be clear that when I'm talking about how we want to be uh, clear about how we're spending our time, how we're spending our life, I'm not suggesting that we always have to be 100% aimed at making progress on anything or 100% aimed at trying to be successful or making money or helping the world or changing our lives or anything else. I'm just saying that when we lose track of how we're spending our time, we often come to a place of regretting it because once it's gone, it's gone. We don't recapture that time. Once we've spent it, it's been spent. Sometimes I watch people act as if there's somehow another another opportunity to come. You know, they kind of feel like they're in dress rehearsal mode right now. And I remember feeling that same way when I was in school. I kind of felt like life would finally start when I was through school. And one day I realized that life was passing me by. In the time that I went through graduate school, my wife and I went through a number of years of marriage. Two kids came along, year after year passed, training after training came through, and I was acting as if my life would finally start when I got to the end. And what I realized is I was spending my life the whole time. And I find that that's true with many people who are waiting for some event. You know, when they finally find the right spouse or the right job or make enough money or get to travel enough or, you know, something that's just out there, then life will finally begin. When we finally get to move to the place where we want to be, all of those things are how we track it to life will finally begin, not realizing that life is happening. You know, while we're making those plans, life happens and we are giving away our time. Sometimes I wonder if part of what we're doing is we're giving away that time is we're spending our time without recognizing we're actually spending it. We keep feeling like there's some period in, in the future when we'll finally you know, kick in, when life will finally really start. And in the process, life has not just started, but sped right along. And so part of what we have to do is realize that we are time limited. And here's the big one. We don't know the limits. So all we can do is make a choice in how we're going to spend the time right now. It's the importance of valuing time and actually thinking about how we want to spend that time. There's this belief that comes from both the Latin Christians and the Stoic tradition called memento mori. Memento mori is a a Latin phrase that simply means remember your death. This is not for you to be preoccupied with how you'll die. And this is the interesting thing. Many times when I've talked with people about this idea, they said, oh, it's so morbid to think about how I'm going to die. And my response is, you're not thinking about how you're going to die as much as the fact that you will die. 
that there will be a final day, a final moment for you. And instead of being fixated on how it's going to happen, be fixed, fixated on the fact that it will happen at a time that for most of us, we don't know. I was talking with a person who was terminally ill, had been given just a few months to live. And I remember this conversation late in an evening in the hospital. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry about what's happening. And I'm so sorry about the fact that, you know, you're, you're going to die before things are finished for you. And he looked at me and said, you know what? I feel fortunate. You don't know when it's going to happen to you. You may have less time than I do. I know about how much time I have left. Therefore, I know exactly how long I have to do what I need to do. Now, this person had been struggling with this terminal diagnosis for a while and had come to terms with it, had come to grips with it. But his way of living was something that I wish that I could have instantly taken on, of being fully aware that I'm living right now and spending that time right now and that there are ways that I could move through that. So this is not about dwelling on how you will die or on even on dying itself, but to focus on how you want to actually live while you are alive. So many times we get fixated on waiting for something that we don't spend our lives the way we want to. There was a book written a while back uh, about the title of it is One Life to Live. And in that book, the author and his wife decided that they were going to act as if they had exactly one year to live, one year to live. And so he began to do all the things that you would do if you knew you only had that one year to live, the the last things you would want to do, the way you would want to spend the time with loved ones. And what they discovered is at the end of the time, they actually had to reconnect with each other because they had disconnected as if it was really going to happen. They had taken it so realistically that they had a hard time moving through that to get to the other side of that because they had become so focused on living out that final life. The last words of that book, the author asks a question, who do you need to say things to? What do you need to share with them? What do you need to say? Who is it? What do you need to say? And what's keeping you from doing it? Because we all have that place where we can get so fixated on other things that we don't do the things that are most important to us. We get focused on what, Michael, what Stephen Covey called the urgent rather than the important. This awareness came very clear to me when back in 2002, I got sick, very sick. I got sick to the point that the doctors told us that I would be disabled in a short amount of time, and we realized that eventually this illness that I had contracted would kill me. It was an autoimmune illness that was affecting my body and making me absolutely miserable. And I remember I was thinking, oh my gosh, all of the things that I wanted to do that I didn't do. All of the time that I could have spent with my kids and my wife and my family that I didn't do, all of the important things in my life are gone now. If I am feeling as bad as I'm feeling right now for the rest of my life, I won't be able to do anything. I won't be able to travel. I won't be able to do any hobbies. I won't be able to do anything. I won't be able to interact with my family very much. At that point, I was getting up every morning and dragging myself to the office, seeing the clients I could see, coming home and having to recover. And all I was trying to do was to make sure that we continued to pay the bills as long as we could, knowing that my outcome was not good. 
and every doctor was sure of the outcome. And I had to see a number of specialists to make sure of what the damage had already been done to those parts of my body. Now, the end result was that I survived, and uh, now I've recovered from that illness with about as much likelihood of a recurrence as you also have of getting that for the first time. And part of what I learned from that was that, one, I was very fortunate, but two, I realized that I was now on what I call bonus time. And bonus time is me recognizing that I'm living at a time I didn't think I would have and that I need to value it differently than I valued my time before. When I look back, I realize that I was uh, spending my time doing things that were not important in what I wanted out of life and what I wanted to do in the world. They weren't important in making as big a difference as I wanted to make. I wanted to leave the world a better place than I found it. And I think that that's the goal of all of us, the call of all, for all of us to, to heed that. Sometimes we lose track of that, but it's, it's calling to us to do that, to make a difference, to find our deep place of purpose and make that impact. And so I realized that each day is my only chance, my only day to make a difference. Today is my day right now to make a difference. My hope is today, if you're hearing this, you're hearing something that makes a difference to you. And then I know this day made a difference to somebody. When I'm writing or when I'm podcasting, I'm thinking of that one person that might hear or read what I have to say that gives them a different place, a different way of being, a different way of moving into the world that could make a difference for them, making a difference for others. My feeling is that that's the the process of making an impact, that the ripples of your impact in the world keep affecting other people. But we only have this day to make that difference. This is the only day we have. And I believe in each day, there are three pieces that we get to do. Choices we can make to live fully, to love freely, and to make a difference. Those are the places that we have. When we live fully, we show up to life. We really bring ourselves in our presence. Have you ever found yourself maybe upset or frustrated with something and so you hold back? You, you hold back part of yourself and you, you realize that you're pretty hollow that day. You're not really with people. You're not really present. We have a chance every day to truly show up, to make a difference for those around us, to live fully, to express and enjoy life around us to engage in life fully. We also have a choice to love freely, to let people who are close to us know what they mean to us, to love on them, to let them know how important they are. For a lot of us, that means that we have to fight the family we grew up in. Maybe you grew up in a family that didn't express feelings very well, and you can say, oh, I can't do that. You know, I I wasn't taught that. Here's the good thing about loving freely. You can learn to do it any day. You can choose to do that any day. You can begin to let people know how important they are any day if that's not what you learned as a child. And if you did learn how to do it as a child, to remember that that's an important part of daily life, to make sure that the people you love know how deeply they are loved, because we all need that humanity around us to know that we've been loved, that we are loved, that we are supported, that somebody has our back, that somebody has our feet holding us up and pushing us forward. And the last thing I believe we have every day is to figure out how to make a difference. 
You don't have to change the world. You don't have to create world peace. You don't have to stop wars or hunger. But to take off the pieces you can, given where you are right now. If you have an opportunity to change the war, by all means, stop the war. If you have an opportunity to bring in world peace, by all means, bring in world peace. If you have an opportunity to change hunger, by all means, do that. But most of us make little differences And the question is whether we make the difference for the better or for the worst. I believe that we humans in this world have no way to avoid making an impact. Scientists have referred to this epoch in our world as the Anthropocene time. Anthropocene meaning that humans are making a difference in the world. That humans are impacting the environment, the natural state of life, everything around us. What they are saying is more about an environmental level, but I want us to think about the Anthropocene time as a recognition that humans are the ones who are creating and destroying and that I have a choice of helping to create really great stuff. Or I can be destructive. My choice. Your choice. But when we choose to make a difference, it's a ripple effect. If you're loving on your kids, you're teaching your kids to be loving when they are parents. If you're loving on your spouse, you're creating a nurturing household where both of you feel supported and and capable of going out and doing great things. If you're making a difference with people at work, if you're focused in a company that's doing good stuff, that creates ripple effects into the world. On the other side, if you're doing things that are hurtful to your kids and leaving them scarred emotionally, they'll carry that into their adulthood. If we disconnect from a spouse, we create desperate family situations, if we work in companies that are destroying the world in certain ways, destroying the environment or doing hurtful things to other people, then that's what we carry on into the world. And every day we get to make that choice. Do I want to make a difference for the positive or do I want to get sucked in with lots of others who are choosing to make a difference for the worst? I believe that when we recognize those places, we are naturally pulled towards making a positive difference. If I'm trying to live fully and love freely, it's very hard for me to not make a positive difference. So our challenge every day is to get up recognizing that there is an end to this, that all of us have time that we get to choose how we're going to spend it. When we recognize our mortality, we don't have a choice of whether we're going to die, but how we live until then. And we have a choice every day to live fully, to love freely, and to make a difference in the world. If this has been helpful for you, I would love it if you continued on this conversation. The rules for living has another element to it. These are the laws of living, the immutable laws of living. And that's the topic of my latest book. Has nothing to do with the rules we've been talking about. Well, not it's not completely separate, but <laughs> there are different laws. Uh, there are different laws that I've noticed that we all violate uh, or tend to violate. I know about them because I was violating them and I've watched client after client violate them. If you think it might be helpful to figure out if there are these hidden laws that you don't really recognize are there, but you think you keep bumping up against them, if you think it might be helpful to know them and know how to obey them, I challenge you, grab my book and give it a try. 
The name of the book is The Immutable Laws of Living. You can find that at theimmutablelawsofliving.com, theimmutablelawsofliving.com, or find it wherever you typically buy books, bookstores or online. It's there for you, waiting for you, waiting for you to take that step and say, how can I get out of my own way and live my life in a thriving way? This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. Listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.